Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the opportunity to meet together this evening hour. And we pray, dear Heavenly Father, that by your Holy Spirit that you will minister to us. We pray, most gracious Lord, as we look into your word, we may not hear man expressing views and opinions and ideas, but each one of us may hear the Spirit of the living God speaking through this living word to each one of us. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you will encourage us, that you will bless us, that you will challenge us, and that you will bring us closer together, closer to one another, and closer to you, our Saviour and our God. We ask these things in the precious name of our Saviour. Amen. I want to turn your thoughts tonight to um, Hebrews chapter 11 and uh, that verse that Steve read and Hebrews 11 verse 30 By faith the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched round them for seven days. By faith the walls fell down. Chapter 11 is a chapter of encouragement. Encouragement to men and women who have put their faith and trust in God and then have stepped out in obedience to him. We sometimes used to sing trust and obey. There is no other way. To be happy in Jesus is to trust and obey. Uh, Thomas Chalmers wrote, Faith is the starting post of obedience. Faith is the starting post of obedience. Chapter 11 we see that God, what God can do and what God will do through men and women who will put their faith and trust in him and obey his precious word. In chapter 11 we have picture after picture of men and women of faith. They worshipped by faith, they walked by faith, they worked by faith, they lived by faith. It's all about faith. And the amazing thing is they put their faith in a God they could not see. They put their faith in a God they could not see. We read in 1 John 18, No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father. And we also read in 1 Timothy 1.17, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God. And tonight we have come together to worship to worship God but where is he? We worship in faith we're worshipping a God we cannot see we're worshipping a God who is eternal who is immortal who is invisible and he is the only wise God and as we look at Hebrews 11 and think of this text it is not a picture of a person's It is not a picture of an individual who displayed great faith and obedience in God. It is a picture of a city that was destroyed by faith of a company 
of God's people. Faith of a company of God's people. A people that were united in faith and obedience and God gave to them the victory over Jericho. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were were compassed about seven days. This is a picture of united faith. A whole company of God's people obeying his command together. It's all about being together. Steve read uh, from the book of Joshua and it was Joshua chapter 6 if you want to turn to it because we will look at one or two things there now. Joshua we have a picture of great victory of faith. Joshua had been a slave in Egypt. He had experienced all the hollows, horrors rather, and pains of slavery. He had seen the man Moses return to the land of Egypt under the power and guidance of God. Moses led the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. He became Israel's saviour. In Exodus chapter 24 we read that Joshua worked with Moses. He was in fact one of Moses' right hand men. We also read in Numbers chapter 11 of Joshua's loyalty to Moses. There were people in the camp who began to rebel against Moses. It said in open rebellion. They perhaps were jealous of Moses. They perhaps were envious of Moses. They perhaps wanted to get rid of Moses. They perhaps wanted to take up that position of leadership that Moses held. But the rebellion was put down and Joshua showed his loyalty uh, to Moses. In Numbers 13 the children of Israel came to the borders of the promised land. Twelve spies were sent into the land. Joshua and Caleb were amongst the twelve and they returned and they gave their reports. Ten of those spies, as we all know these stories so well I'm sure, ten said we cannot go in. The people are far too strong. We shall not survive against them. They will wipe us out. They saw the problem. They saw the enemy. They saw his power. But something else. They forgot God's promise. They forgot God's promise. They did not perhaps believe the promise. For God had said to them, Search out the land of Canaan, and I will give it to your children. God had promised them Canaan. So why did they hesitate? They saw the problem. They doubted God's power. Joshua and Caleb gave a good report. Caleb said, let's go up at once, possess the land, for we are able to overcome it. They trusted in God. They believed God's word. But the people believed the ten and they turned back into the wilderness. And the Lord condemned them for their lack of faith. For their lack of faith which led them 
to disobedience. And they spent the next 40 years wandering in the wilderness because they did not believe God's holy word. Those who came out of Egypt had seen the glory of God. They had experienced the mighty miracles of God. They had seen the Red Sea opened and they had walked over on dry land. They had experienced God's provision as they had journeyed through the desert land. They had experienced God's protection and still they doubted God's word and they turned back. And God said, you will not go in to the promised land. You will miss out the blessings of the promised land. Yes, they were still God's people but they missed the blessing because of disobedience and lack of faith. Only two, Joshua and Caleb. The lesson we must ask ourselves tonight, am I missing God's blessing because I am afraid to take God at his word and obey? Yes, I'm a child of God but am I living in disobedience? Am I only enjoying God's second best for my life? Am I walking with the Lord? Am I trusting him and obeying him? Or just wandering through life, experiencing God's second best in Joshua 1 we read the children of Israel came again to the borders of the promised land I'm told that (coughs) that company of people that came to the borders of the promised land it would have been a company of about 2 million people Two million people stood on the banks of Jordan. This time they looked back. Their fathers had failed to trust God. Now the challenge goes out to this next generation. This next generation who were born and brought up in the wilderness. They stood now on the banks of Jordan. Would they trust God? Would they obey and go in? under their new leader, Joshua. God challenged Joshua. God said, My servant Moses is dead. Now therefore arise, go over Jordan, thou and all the people, unto the land which I will give you. Again, God reminds them of that promise. I will give you that land. This is the word of the sovereign God of glory. I will. With God's promise of victory ringing in his ears, Joshua prepared the people. He turns them to God. He said, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord your God hath given you rest and has given you the land. Again they are reminded of God's promise that the land was theirs for the taking preparation they were being prepared 
It reminds us, are we preparing ourselves to the work that God has given us to do? We need a time of preparation and that time is spent in prayer, in fellowship with God, in Bible study. Sometimes it means a time to stop our activity and be still in the presence of the Lord. Sometimes it's a time to plan but we must remember that when we make our plans we must make sure that we are in touch, in tune with God and that our plans are his plans. And we must also remember that he is a God of order. His work is not to be done in a haphazard way. Not just to rush in and say, well I've done this for the Lord. We've got to be thoughtful and prayerful and make sure we do everything in order because he is a God of order. We are to remind each other of the promises of God, to remind each other of the word of God, to remind each other that this book is full of the promises of God for the children of God. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line, every promise is mine. Are you enjoying the promises that God has given to you? We must encourage each other encourage each other in the things of God encourage each other in the fact that our God is a promise keeping God after the children of Israel crossed the river Jordan the first obstacle they had to overcome was the walled city of Jericho a very strong fortified city walls I'm told were 25 feet high and probably 20 feet thick. The people thought this was invincible. They would say to themselves, we are safe behind these great walls. We are safe behind these walls that man has made. And we read in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 13, Joshua was by the wall, head bowed down, thinking about the problem that was before them how to capture this mighty city of Jericho see Joshua and the children of Israel only knew about open warfare they only knew about fighting in the deserts or in the wilderness they had not come against a city a walled city before they had never had this Experience. How were they going to overthrow? How were they going to capture Jericho? And yet they must, for it was the gateway into the promised land. They would not have known about battering rams. They would have not known about wheeled forts. They would not have known about digging tunnels under the wall for the walls to collapse. The longer Joshua looked at the city of Jericho the walls seemed to get higher and stronger so often we spend so much time looking at our problems they get bigger and bigger and bigger then Joshua looked up he took his eyes off the problem and there stood a man with a drawn sword in his hand ready to fight Joshua, a man of courage, going up to the man and asked him, 
Are you for us or are you for our enemies? He said, neither. I am a commander of the army of the Lord. I have come. You see, Joshua asked the wrong question. He asked the man, whose side are you on? He said, I'm not on your side or their side. I am the commander of the Lord's hosts. I don't know if you've heard people say when you're in trouble, they come to you sometimes and say, don't worry, the Lord's on your side. Don't worry, the Lord is on your side. And that's not true. The Lord is not on your side. But the good news is that you can be on the Lord's side. You thought about that. He's not on your side, but you can be on his side. And we can be on his side through faith in Jesus Christ. Tonight I ask the question, are you on the Lord's side? The old hymn goes, who is on the Lord's side? Who will serve the King? So that is the encouragement. We can be on the Lord's side. Joshua acknowledged the Lord as his master. He said, I am on the Lord's side. There is submission to the Lord. He fell down on his face and worshipped. There was commitment to the Lord. What do you want me to do, Lord? First thing was to take off your shoes for where you stand is holy ground. We read, Joshua obeyed. He could sing, here I am, holy available. You know, we lose many battles in our lives because we do not trust and obey and that means so often we wander in the wilderness of disobedience Joshua and the people of Israel had a massive problem the great walled city stood in the way of the children of Israel taking the promised land which God had promised them there was a promise of victory the Lord had said unto Joshua see I have given it into thy, I have given Jericho into your hands. I have given the king and all the mighty men of valour into your hands. In God's plan, the fall of Jericho had already taken place. As God's people, as God's children, we are on the victory side. We are on the victory side. We read in Romans 8.37 In all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And we look quickly at God's plan how to defeat Jericho. You know, so many of God's promises have conditions and this was a promise with a condition to claim the promised land the children of Israel had to carry out God's plan and what a plan it was he said you are to march round the city once with all the armed men for six days seven priests carrying the ark 
priests carrying trumpets. You are to march round the walls of Jericho. The ark was a symbol of God's presence. He said on the seventh day, march round the city seven times and when the priests blow their trumpets, the people are to shout and the walls will fall down flat. What would men say to that idea of capture in a walled city? Well, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Just to walk round a city. Stupid. Idiotic. Who's going to carry out such a stupid, ridiculous, senseless plan as that? But that was God's plan. That was his plan for Jericho. In the eyes of man, it was a foolish plan. We read in 1 Corinthians 1.18-27 to For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to those who, are, who believe and are saved. It is the power of God. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God has chosen the weak things of this world to confound the things which are mighty. All for his glory and his glory alone. But you see, Joshua believed God. We read that Joshua rose early in the morning, prepared the people, God's plan be put into operation and there was a code word for this great attack on Jericho the code word was faith faith was the code word of this attack together they put faith in God they went forward united as one people the scene in Jericho on that first day. Can you imagine it? The watchman on the walls. He would see these people coming. He would give warning to the rest of Jericho. Get ready. The Israelites are going to attack. But no. They just came up to the wall and marched round and then went home or went back to their camp. It was estimated by some that that the amount of men who marched round the walls of Jericho would have been 600,000 people. 600,000. I don't know what size crowd you've ever been in. The biggest crowd I've been in is 72,000 at a football match. And that seems fast, but here it says there could be 600,000 men marching round Jericho. You know, as they marched round, they were not declaring war on Jericho. No, as one writer has said, they were announcing the year of Jubilee. They were announcing victory in God. The ark of God was in their midst The ark reminded the children of Israel 
First of the presence of God, secondly the promise of God and thirdly the power of God. A great company of people came marching up to the walls of Jericho And this is another interesting thing. They walked round the walls in silence. Then they went back to their camp. Day two they'd done the same thing. The day three they'd done the same thing. Day four they'd done the same thing. Day five they'd done the same thing. Day six they'd done the same thing. The people of, of Jericho began to laugh I'm sure. I'm sure they looked out and said is this some kind of joke? These people must be stupid. They've no idea how to attack a walled city. They don't really know what to do. But on day seven the people on the walls of Jericho looked out again. They saw those wandering Israelites coming again. This time they marched round the wall once twice three times, four times, five times six times I'm sure the people in Jericho thought well they must be getting dizzy now how many more times are they going to walk round the wall those silly stupid people it was a united march it was a united silence they were being still because they knew that God was in control then the priests blew with his trumpets the people shouted with a great shout It was a united shout. The people shouted as one man and the walls of Jericho fell down flat. They didn't crumble. They fell down flat. And archaeologists have established that this is is true. That the walls fell down flat. It's God at work. It was a march of faith, it was a shout of faith and there was a reward of victory. God said, this is the way I want you to attack Jericho. They took God at his word. Together they put their faith into action. United faith and we read, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down. And I want to ask the question, which was the greatest miracle here? Was it the walls of Jericho falling down flat or was it that this great company of people obeyed God? This great company of people were united in faith and they were united in obedience. You think of that, perhaps 600,000 people are being of one mind and of one spirit. I'm sure that must be a miracle. They were united in faith. They were united in obedience. And they together enjoyed the victory that God gave them. Trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. It is true of the individual believer and it is true of the church, the fellowship of believers, God's people, God looks for united faith. He looks for his people to be united in worship and in service. We will only enjoy victory 
in our individual lives. We will only enjoy victory in our fellowships when we put our united faith in Christ the King, the one who has conquered everything, including Satan, sin and death. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down. United faith went on to united obedience and together they received that wonderful reward. They were victorious over Jericho. Let us as a people go out in faith to serve our God in united faith and united obedience. God calls us to be one in him. And then the victory will be ours. We're going to sing on the 